1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues
2: This week's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. I am teaming up with DB to exclusively offer listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10. That's P-O-D-1-0. Or just go to the link in the show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. Let's start the show. up, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Sunday, October 10th. Welcome to the 200th episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. I'm very excited um, for today's episode. It's kind of crazy that it's been 200 episodes like it, it it doesn't feel like it like I know that I've been doing this for a long time but like just to think about the fact that I have <laughs> you know made 200 individual episodes of this podcast is kind of crazy so in this episode you know I'm gonna give you a song of the week I'm am I'm gonna give you the hip-hop and rb news in the press play segment but in the dig deeper segment I'm just gonna kind of walk through some of my favorite moments from the last 100 episodes, because, you know, um, in track 100, we had the 100th episode celebration where I kind of looked back on all the episodes starting at at episode one and some of my favorite moments. So I figured, why not keep that tradition going and, you know, look back at episodes 101 through 199 and, you know, just talk about some of my favorite moments Um, Because I honestly feel like the last 100 episodes, I've done so much more than I did in the first 100. Like so many, you know, more creative things and projects. And I just think the last 100 were really dope, um, very special. So that's what's going to be going down in the Dig Deeper segment. Before I get into anything, I got to talk to you about the podcast newsletter. You already know. Uh, Or you may not know that everything that I talk about in each episode, so like links to songs that I recommend, albums, performances that I want you to see, all of the links to that stuff can be found in the podcast newsletter. You want the podcast newsletter, trust me, it is for your benefit. If you go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, there's two ways you can get it. On the homepage, there's a box where you can submit your email address. You do that, you will get the podcast newsletter in your inbox every single week there's an episode. If you don't want to be on the mailing list, that's fine. You can let me down. I'll get over it. You can go to the newsletter tab at thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, and all of the newsletters are featured there. So definitely get the podcast newsletter so you can stay up to date on all the hip-hop and R&B news that I'm going to be premiering in each episode. Um, So without any further ado, let's jump into the song of the week. So the song of the week for this week, I figured, you know... In the 100th episode, I kind of looked back on my top five artists in hip hop and R&B because in track one, the very first episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, that's what it was about. I kind of talked about who my five favorite artists were in hip hop and my five favorite artists in R&B in track 100. I kind of updated that to see if anything had changed because it had been three years or whatnot. And so rather than do that again, I figured the song of the week for this week will be two songs. One song from one of my favorite hip-hop artists and one song from one of my favorite R&B artists. So the first song of the week is Equimini by Outkast. Outkast will always be in my top five. And it's the whole group, even though you know how everybody feels about Andre 3000 Benjamin, you know. But the, the group as a whole... It's something so special to hip-hop and to the culture. I've always loved Outkast. Um, I think the first album I probably heard from them was probably Stankonia. Speakerbox The Low below is my favorite. But Equimini, the title track from the album Equimini, is one of my favorite songs by them. The lyricism, the, the way they can weave their their rhyme schemes and storytelling throughout the verses is incredible. I literally own a shirt. That has Andre 3000's picture on it in his entire fourth verse, the last verse of that song. Because, like, the rhyme scheme that he carries throughout the entire track is just wild. Like, he is one of the best MCs ever. Um, And that song is too dope. So, that is the first song of the week. The second song of the week is Bag Lady by Erica Badu. I love Erica Badu. She wasn't in my original top five when I did track one. But in track 100, I updated it to include, I, I bumped Raheem Devon and put Erykah Badu in there because what was I thinking? Of course, Erykah Badu is going to be in there. She's amazing. Bag Lady is one of my favorite songs by her, not just because of the beautiful way she sings it and her performance, but because of how intertwined that song is with so many other songs that I like. Like That song samples Bumpy's Lament by Isaiah or sorry Isaac Hayes from the Shaft soundtrack. And that song has been sampled so many times, like Dr. Dre's explosive, classic Dr. Dre song samples that. Bag Lady, of course, uh, Sir from TDE um, has a song that samples it. It's just, it's a classic sample. Um, And Erica's you know, version that samples it is one of my favorites because of her performance on top of it. But yes, Bag Lady by Erica Badu, um, a very important part of the culture as well. So those are the two songs of the week uh without any further ado let's jump into the press play segment welcome back to thinking outside the Boombox. the press play segment this is where i give you the hip-hop and r&b news All of the news that has happened since the last episode, it is separated into three parts. The things that you should check out, the rumor mill in the announcements, and the upcoming and recently released albums. So let's jump right into it. Conway the Machine has a new song called Piano Love, the first single from his upcoming album, God Don't Make Mistakes. Um, It's a dope song produced by The Alchemist. Uh, The the Griselda team, Conway, Westside Gun um Benny the Butcher they're they're three of the most hardworking individuals I think I have seen in a long time they put out so much music on a year-to-year basis especially over the past half decade um and they're continuing to do it like Conway's already put out I think a project and a half this year Westside has put out like one to two projects benny's put out one or two projects and there's more coming and so this is the first single to his debut like shady album like i think everything conway's done before this wasn't a official album or maybe this is just like his shady records uh released because you know they are signed to shady records with eminem so expect a lot of big features off of god don't make mistakes there's no release date yet but i do think we're getting it uh before the end of the year so check out his new single Piano Love. Wale featuring J Cole dropped off a music video for Wale's new song Poke It Out. Um if you've heard the song then I think you know how the music video goes. It's Wale and J Cole um amongst a a large group of beautiful women and they're dancing and there's a campfire, you know, they they went camping. Um, so you you already know what, what type of video it is. You know, it's a lot of beautiful women dancing as Wale and J. Cole rap around them. Um, but definitely check out that video. Another new music video, Big Nas by Nas. Um, the music video is dope. It's, um, a woman kind of like dancing through the streets of New York to this song. This song was actually, Um, Nas has a masterclass, Um, and if you know what masterclass is, a lot of uh, famous people in their field, so it could be chefs, it could be directors, it could be artists, like uh, you sign up to pay for a class where it's a bunch of videos of them like kind of like teaching you parts of their craft. Um, I've done one with Dominique Ansel, the French pastry chef, um, so it's just a bunch of videos of, uh, different recipes and he teaches you how to make stuff and they give you a PDF with all the instructions, all that type of stuff. So Nas has a masterclass on hip hop storytelling. And I believe in the masterclass, he creates this song, Big Nas, and he's already turned it into a music video. Um, so that's dope. So check that out. Corday, previously known as YBN Corday. Has a new single called Super and a new music video for it. This is the, the uh, lead single for his upcoming album, A Bird's Eye View, which I also expect to get uh, before the end of the year. So, you know, all of the people who are really planning on dropping for the end of the year are starting to get their promotional singles out, um, Cordae included. Um, he says there's a lot of growth on this album. I'm excited to hear it because his uh, debut album, uh, what was it, Lost Boy, I think it was called, um, is really dope so yeah check out his new song his new music video um speaking of corday he also was um i don't actually know where he was but i think he was being interviewed but he did a freestyle over uh drake's way too sexy from certified lover boy everybody is loving these these to freestyle over over certified lover boy beats you're seeing a trend um And yeah, Cordae destroyed his freestyle. Like it was really dope. Like we already knew, Homie could spit, but like he he was he was going for it. So check that out. Um, The BET Hip Hop Awards aired um, this past weekend or this past week. um, They were actually held, I think, the week before, but they aired on BET this past week. And a lot happened. So Tyler received Tyler the Creator received the Cultural Influence Award. Um, and he had a really dope speech, um, so that that'll be in the podcast newsletter. Check out his speech. There were a lot of dope performances. Baby Keem performed "Family Ties" without Kendrick, um, but it was a dope performance. You could you could see that he still you know got a little way to go before he's like super comfortable on stage. Like he was he was still kind of rigid, and you could kind of see that he was you know making sure he was remembering the lines. But it was a dope performance. Check it out. Um, Tobey Nwigwe and his wife Fat, you know they're from Houston. Um he always I people sleep on him. They don't a lot of people don't know about Tobey and his music, but he's one of the best performers I've seen in a long time. His performances are always incredible. And out of any of the performances I'm talking to you about from the BT Hip Hop Awards, watch his because it had everybody on their feet. It was energetic. Like it was it was incredible. It was incredible. So they dropped a new single called Fi Fi and they performed that um, with all of their background dancers and singers and screamers, like, if you watch their performances, you know what I'm talking about, check it out, Isaiah Rashad also performed two songs from his The House is Burning album, What You Said and From the Garden, Nelly performed a medley of his hits, and it's one of the best Nelly performances I've ever seen, like, he performed Country Grammar, "Hiding Her, Air Force One's Dilemma, so many more, Jermaine Dupree came out, um, it, it was dope. It was dope. Paul Wall came out to perform Grills. Like it was really dope. Um, it was like an eight minute medley of Nelly hits. So check that out. Rumor mill and the announcements, baby Keem has announced his melodic tour. Um, that is kicking off November 9th in Santa Ana, California going 15 dates through December 3rd in San Francisco. Um, all of those, uh, tickets are available now. So check that out. Um, j cole is performing intimate shows this month um for SiriusXM xm and pandora uh, customers um there will be links in the podcast newsletter but essentially eligible SiriusXM xm subscribers starting september 20th can enter for a chance to win tickets to the show and a trip to la on the website pandora listeners there's a link for you to enter he's going to be doing two shows um uh in October. Maybe it's one show that both Sirius and Pandora listeners have access to, but links will be in the podcast notes uh so you can if you have Sirius or you have Pandora so you can find out how you're eligible to get tickets to that show. Uh Kanye West received his first diamond plaque for Stronger. Honestly not the song that I thought would, would hit 10 million first for him, but it was. Um, 10 million, uh, units sold are stronger. So Kanye gets his first diamond shout out to him. The Grammys are eliminating their 33% rule previously for their album of the year category in order for an, uh, a featured artist on a nominee's album to, uh, receive an award or be nominated to receive an award. They had to work on at least 33% of the album. Now they've eliminated that. So now anyone who's worked on an album of the year, nominee are eligible to also win a grammy so that dope that's dope it opens up um, more grammys for people who are featured on album of the year um nominated albums so that's dope Um, and then finally big daddy kane and krs1 will be doing a versus for the old heads on october 17th so check that out on triller and apple music or instagram if you want to see that um upcoming and recently released albums on october 4th loot from t uh, from dreamville dropped off his gold mouth album it's incredible definitely check it out uh just this past weekend don tolliver dropped off life of a don james blake dropped off friends that break your heart the alchemist released an ep called this thing of ours too um On the 15th, Mac Miller's Faces Mixtape will be re-released to streaming. Young Thug's Punk album is supposed to be released. On October 22nd, Magic Jordan will be releasing Wildest Dreams, their album. Wale will also be releasing Folaren 2. On the 29th, Mick Jenkins from Chicago will be releasing uh, his latest album, Elephant in the Room. On November 5th, Summer Walker releasing her album Steel Over It. And on November 12th, it got moved up from January. Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars and Anderson .Paak will be releasing their album in Evening with Silk Sonic. So a lot, a lot of incredible music still to come this year. So uh, we're going to take a short break and then I'll be right back with a dig deeper segment.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
2: Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, this is the 200th episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. And so what I wanted to do was just look back at the past 100 episodes, um, play some audio from some of my favorite moments. um, And yeah, like this is just very exciting. um, The fact that there are, 200 episodes worth of content of me just talking about hip hop and R&B um, out there is is pretty incredible. You know, since the 100th episode, a lot has happened. Um, it honestly doesn't seem like um, like some of the stuff that I've done in the last 100 episodes, I would have thought was a lot earlier in the podcast run. But for instance, the meat series, you know, I, I decided to start a series where um the famous labels that are out there. Um I would do an artist spotlight on all of the members of that label, excluding like the, the biggest star on the label, because everybody already knows everything about them. So I did first off the Meet Dreamville series, um, where I talked about all of the Dreamville artists except for J. Cole. Then it was the Meet TDE series where I talked about all the TDE artists except for Kendrick, and then the OVO series where I talked about all the OVR artists except for Drake. All three of those were in the past 100 episodes, and that's kind of crazy. Like, I would have thought that Dreamville was way earlier, but it wasn't. We The Thinking Outside the Boombox award shows, three years of those um, happened in the past 100 episodes. We had the the third year award show where members of the Academy, Brian, Noah, and Karen, were on the... Um, We're on the episode, the fourth annual featured Ariel from the Academy and the fifth uh, most recent featured Karen. So a lot of really, really dope stuff. Lots of artist spotlights, lots of albums, like literally dozens of albums reviewed and discussed and recommended. Um, It's been a very eventful um, 100 episodes. I held two tournaments, (laughs) you know, in... Uh, 100 episodes to determine the best hip-hop and R&B albums of the past decade. Um, So it's been a lot, but um, just to talk about some of my favorite moments, uh, the very first episode after I hit 100 was an artist spotlight on Mac Miller, um, who passed away, and the entire album was dedicated to him and just kind of going through his career and his career growth um and so yeah shout out to mac miller i think that was a really dope one sonically every song on this album really connected with that part of your ear and brain that just loves good music the arrangements and songwriting were great and lyrically mac sounded uninhibited you know the beat switch on self-care that turned into that oblivion breakdown is amazing like mac was making music now that made him happy and that love for his music and generally him putting his soul into his music really shown through. Um, Mac can't sing in the same way that J. Cole and Kanye and Big Sean can't sing, but they do their own hooks and they sound, you know, good anyway. They can keep that note. Like when you hear the intent and emotion displayed in songs like Wings, you don't even think twice about it. Like there's no doubt about it. Swimming, I think was Mac's most concise project and his best sonically, lyrically and melodically. So, you know, Mac, he had found his sound, And was consistently creating amazing music that touched people and spoke to the most musical parts of you. You know, it's really sad that he hadn't completely kicked his drug dependency and that that became his downfall. Um, But, you know, I truly believe that his music is going to be remembered. And I believe that it will age gracefully because, like, just jump into the Divine Feminine. Jump into good AM swimming, you know, faces. It's amazing production um and amazing you know content and emotion and thought put behind his music and you know that's what really made him a great artist then there was track number 131 where my homie devin joined the podcast for the first time to discuss the best albums of 2019 (laughs) number one album of the year is revenge of the dreamers three by Dreamville. dreamville well deserved (laughs) this you know when this came out i was like okay this this is probably album of the year i would be it it came out a little little early though. july it came out in july so i was like ah you know there's still time for something to to like take this out of the number one spot i don't see it happening but surprise albums happen all the time right and then the months flew by and i was like (laughs) <laughs> where those albums at because uh, it's still Revenge of the Dreamers 3 uh, like and, it, and it's not even it's not even just like a Dreamville bias because when you just look at th- what they did to create this album sending out all those invitations inviting artists from all over the genres like people that they just respect to like let's just chop it up for 10 days mm-hmm. and make some music I, I appreciate that about the process because I think that Music that is made collaboratively like that is some of the best music that we can get. And they proved it because every single song that like had people from different, you know, labels, different groups coming together that you would have never thought you would see. They made they made masterpieces. Yeah, no, I, I definitely have to agree. I think everything about this album from front to back was just just perfect. Like you could just tell that there was just so much creativity so many different uh, different perspectives, like mm-hmm. people coming from different backgrounds. You've got East Coast, West Coast blended with the South. Um, I, I think my, I mean, it's, this is another one of those that there's so many favorites on it that it's hard to find one that I dislike. But as you mentioned, I just wish there was more R and B, like even just a little bit. Yeah, but that, I said, that was. I get yep. why. Like I understand what the like the approach was, but you've got R E Linux, like, <laughs> and, and, and so the problem with that is. So, I could get if there was just, like... If, like, they just only had, like, a couple R&B songs. But the fact that Ari is on the label... Like, this is supposed to be a Dreamville compilation. Yeah. So, first and foremost, you need to make sure that every Dreamville artist gets at least three songs. I think that's at least. it doesn't, They don't have to have a full verse. Because there were, there were plenty of songs on here where people showed up for four bars and then they were gone. Right. Like, Young Nudie. Like, mm-hmm. he, like, it was a bunch of songs where they cut his verse off halfway through. So... They they needed to make sure that all right, this is our label. We need to make sure that our label is eaten on this album and then we'll invite everybody else in. So I think they did Ari Dirty yeah. um, on this album. That was that was the one thing yeah, that like literally. that like upset me about the project. But other than that, you know, we got we got some classic songs on mm-hmm. here. Like in the one R and B or like a couple R and B songs that we did get, like Self Love and Got Me mm-hmm. are incredible. In track number 137, um, in the beginning of the Back in the Day Tournament, Volume 1, this is when I was trying to determine the best hip-hop album of the past decade, from 2010 to 2019. And there was a specific matchup, Kendrick Lamar's Damn versus Drake's Take Care, where I thought for sure Take Care was going to go into the next round. um, And it did not and the shock um i think i will i will definitely remember because you know i had my homie joe on the on the podcast that that week and i was just like wow we we really just eliminated take care this this might be this might not be as hard as when i did it when i did it by myself take care one really yep okay um, because well especially because with standout tracks it went to Take Care because Take Care had more because that's how we were judging it Right. Um, so this changes things Cohesion um, Take Care was a very long album Smooth. Um, and it did have some songs that weren't as strong as others although the standouts were kind of spread out throughout the album mm-hmm. but damn another great concept he had the whole. You can listen to it backwards, like r- reverse order or forward, and it kind of takes like a different meaning. And it all fit with the theme that he was doing. It's consistent. I gave cohesion to damn. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. Okay, so damn, damn goes up three one officially and wins the wins the matchup. It wins we the can matchup. We talk about legacies. Well, it, it doesn't matter. It's oh, best I of five. But crazy. we can talk about it. Um, I actually gave Legacy to Take Care, um, which is how Take Care ended up winning when I was doing this by myself because okay. it also won Standout. So, Damn is not Kendrick's best album. No. Um, it's frequently labeled as overrated in some circles. A lot of people... I know, I I don't agree with them, but there are a lot of people who That's think true. that Damn isn't as good as it is. Okay. I disagree. It was impactful upon release because anything Kendrick releases is impactful but it certainly didn't hit like his previous albums no i think it's fair to say that take care however is generally regarded as drake's best project and his most complete body of work by far whenever people don't like something that drake releases they wish that take care drake would come back and that says something about how they feel about take care he needs to tap into that it's the album that he's forever trying to top like if we had our way if we had our way we were like you need to do better than take care he obviously doesn't think that way but it's held up wonderfully, and it's inspired a lot of artists. Um, and it was also the one and only XO Weekend Drake-style track because he wrote a lot of the songs with Drake on that album. So I thought Take Care would take legacy. So officially, it's a 3-2 a win for, for Dan. Right. Okay. It, it, happened. it, it happened. happened. It happened. It happened. Wow, that that yeah, that changed the whole thing. That yeah. changed the whole thing. They, 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 yeah, that changed the whole thing. Wow, wow. I don't know how I feel about take care of being eliminated right now, but we got to move on. Man, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of shook. I knew I was gonna be shook. I'm probably. a little shook. I th- I thought the the standout tracks thing changed it, but like it's yeah okay. Let's move on. Okay. Later in that tournament, uh the homie Brian was on the episode uh, where we crowned The Champion, the best hip-hop album of the last decade. It was between Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly and J. Cole's K.O.D. album. Um, to Pimp a Butterfly, you know, one handedly, but um, we did have a nice conversation um, to kind of wrap up the tournament after uh, To Pimp a Butterfly's decisive victory. And to further that point, J. Cole also had a couple years there where like Sideline Story, his debut album, Born Sinner, his second album, where he hadn't locked in to his, his purpose and what he wanted yet. He didn't lock into that until 2014, for Hill's Drive where he was like, I'm gonna make the music I wanna make, I don't care about features, I don't care about radio hits, he cared about that stuff, or rather his label was forcing him to care about that stuff, who knows on those first two albums, whereas Kendrick found a nice niche like, way to get the radio hits out there, but not sacrifice his vision at all, and I don't think J. Cole had gotten to that point when he was making his first two albums, so um, Kendrick's like his track record is just so much more polished because he he allowed himself to be himself he allowed himself not to be pimped we could say by the industry he continued to be a butterfly that was unpimped you know throughout whereas J. Cole you know he he got pimped a little by the industry in the beginning but now he's yeah yeah. (laughs) but now he's a butterfly now he's like he's a full wings but they're not, his album right. looks like a butterfly
1: wing. <laughs> yeah, it's it? very
2: true. It, yeah. yeah,
1: it's got those colors on either side. Yeah. So, all right, so d- declare a winner, host. Let's do it.
2: So, the winner, the best hip hop album of the past decade, 2010 to 2019, is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Yes. You know, uh, at the beginning of this, I I saw this happening, but I thought there was an incredible chance that Kanye could be here for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I, I could have seen that going either way. Um,
1: you know, as much as I... Dark Beautiful Fantasy is my favorite album of all time. Kanye uh, was my favorite musical artist yes. for so many years. It is it is to speak in uh, in terms Kendrick would understand. It is poetic justice that Kanye does not win this prize.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> In track number 158, um, it saw the end of my 20 and 20 series. So I embarked on a project to determine the 20 best artists in their 20s for hip-hop and for Um, R&B. I came up with my own metrics to to decide that. I ranked them, kind of went through their accolades that showed how they got to their spot on the list. And in track one hundred and fifty-eight, I revealed the top ten for the hip hop, and then I kind of did a recap of the entire twenty and twenty list. Um, Let me give you the full list for hip hop. Number twenty, Gunna. Nineteen, Roddy Rich. Eighteen, The Baby. Seventeen, A Boogie with the Hoodie. Sixteen, Saba. Fifteen is Jid. 14, Megan the Stallion. The honorary 13th spot goes to Juice World, The official 13th spot goes to No Name. 12 is Denzel Curry. 11 is Earl Sweatshirt. 10 is 21 Savage. 9 is Migos. 8 is Lil Baby. 7 is Vince Staples. The honorary 6th spot goes to Mac Miller. The official 6th spot goes to Chance the Rapper. The 5th spot, Tyler the Creator. 4, Lil Uzi Vert. 3, Cardi B two young thug and number one is travis scott um r&b from 20 to one mahalia gallant jesse reyes black georgia smith kaylee Ukas ella may daniel caesar chloe and hallie ari lennox coming in number 10 party next door tiana taylor summer walker tinashe her the internet bryson tiller Khaled SZA and then the number one artist Kalani some things that I learned the Drake effect is real Drake has done so much to increase the recognition and he's put on so many of the artists in this series from R&B and hip-hop from Migos to Georgia Smith to Party Next Door to Lil Baby to Summer Walker and more like we we talk about the Drake effect and joke about the Drake effect and that you know he's always like hopping onto like, what's new, and people joke about that, and a lot of people are actually serious as a criticism of Drake with that, but you have to think about it from the, the fact that, you know, he's given so many artists recognition when they may not have received it as quickly as they did, like, I think Migos, especially, I think they're very grateful to Drake, because, as I'm sure Migos would have, would have blew up on their own, him hopping on that Versace, remix like moved everything forward very quickly and that's happened with a lot of these artists i had never heard of georgia smith before she was featured on more life and now she's one of my favorite artists you know what i mean um other things i learned the hip-hop artists their scores are so so much higher than the r&b artists um kalani placed first in r&b and if you took her score and put it in the hip-hop list she would have placed seventh um the accomplishments of all the hip hop artists um which i forget i didn't read i'll read those now um the accomplishments are so much higher so let me find those so for all of the the 20 well technically it's the 22 because there were two honoraries the 22 artists that were featured in hip hop um 38 gold albums 20 platinum albums four times uh four multi platinum albums 309 gold songs 164 platinum songs 77 multi-platinum songs and 15 that went higher than five times platinum 85 albums on the billboard 200 51 in the top 10 19 number one albums 577 songs on the billboard hot 100 56 in the top 10 17 number one songs then you've got the average age of the 22 hip-hop artists was 26, Um, 39 billion YouTube views, 250 million Instagram followers, and almost 88 million Twitter followers. 41 critically acclaimed albums, 34 fan favorites, 47 Grammy nominations, nine of those in the Big Four categories, eight Grammy wins with two of those in the Big Four categories. And all of that was like three times more Than the R and B artists. It's just that I think, especially because so many trap artists were featured on the list. Like I mentioned, like the trap artists, like they really do look out for each other and they collab with each other all the time. And because they're generally super popular, when one of them achieves success, they usually are bringing somebody along with them. Because you know, you get a Billboard, you get a Billboard song. You got four people on it. They all got a Billboard song. You know what I mean? And so a lot of that carries over with the hip-hop, and you see that a lot more in hip-hop than in R&B. So that was just something that was really interested. Um, I feel justified for making this about more than quality because there are artists that made this list that don't have much quality, but that deserve to be on this list because of their accomplishments and popularity and success. But I'm also glad um, that the top quality artists, in my opinion, were still represented. Um, This was an incredible group of artists, you know, R&B and hip hop that are going to go on to have even bigger careers in their 30s. And I'm excited to be along for the ride. Definitely one of uh, my favorite things that I've done on the podcast, period. Um, Another favorite thing I did was the track by track series. So DJ and Renea, the host of Small Victories and Side Notes, we teamed up to do a four episode series where we... Talked about an album track by track. Um we listened to it and then all three of us discussed it. And so um we talked about To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick, Better by Deontay Hitchcock, Speligion by Earth Gang, and Crit Is Here by Big Crit. So in the last episode, I kinda chopped it up with Renea after we discussed Crit Is Here. That concludes um the fourth installment of our track by track series. Um, definitely had a lot of fun talking about all of these albums, rediscovered, you know, so many songs across all of them. Um, and who knows, we definitely might, might, you know, run this back for some other albums. You know, collaborations are endless. Um, so thank you, definitely. And thank uh, DJ uh, for joining me in this collaboration. This was a lot of fun um uh you got anything you want to plug for the people yo yo i just want to say thank you for having us as well we've had a lot of fun you're our first collab we're a new podcast so this has been dope dope experience uh follow us on instagram if you got it at small victories and side notes underscore pod and uh keep up with us special shout out to you again for having us we appreciate it man this is- I love talking hip hop with other hip hop heads. You know, it's really weird when you got to keep it all inside. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I um I'm always trying to have guests on the show because it's, you know, cuz my my show is is generally just me talking at myself to to a microphone for like an hour at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um so I I always embrace like doing stuff with guests because it's just so much easier to like bounce ideas off other people and to like get that conversation going when you got somebody to talk to. So I definitely thank you all um, for joining me on this. Um, Thinking Outside the Boombox, you already know. In track 175, um, host of What's in the Box Office, Brian and Noah, we joined for a collaborative series where we watched um, pretty much all of Will Smith's movies and ranked his performances ranked the movies discussed his music career within it was a, a whole Will Smith series in movies and music um and there was a, a lot of dope conversations that happened um in that series I believe it was a seven or eight episode series um but also one of the favorite things that I did in the past 100 episodes
1: we've all have seen films that we hadn't seen before. Um, and we've rewatched films. We and watch So what was the most, uh, what was the best new discovery that we made? Um, I think for me, it might've been, it might've just been the second to last we watched buys in disguise I, out of the ones I hadn't seen, which was legend of Beggar Vance, uh, Ali bright uh, concussion. I think those were the ones I hadn't seen. Um, I think the one that I expected to just be whatever and was actually very enjoyable was uh, um, was Spies in Disguise and I think it it harkens back to what I had just said which was that he gave a Will Smith performance in Sharkdale he didn't he wasn't very energetic the character tried to be but he wasn't but in Spies in Disguise he really let that personality shine through so I think that might be my most uh, my best discovery because I do think I'll rewatch that at some point what about you guys?
0: I think for me, it's uh, "Spies in Disguise is definitely up there, but I think it's the discovery that both Men in Black 3 and Gemini Man were actually good, and I liked them. Huh. Because Gemini Man, much like Men in Black 3, you asked me a month ago, is that any good? I would have said, not really, no. And now I'd say for the you most also part, had never yeah, seen... I think so. You also
1: had never seen Enemy of the States.
0: That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I'd forgotten about that. My answer sent me to the state. Okay, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I don't right, sure. really consider that a discovery because it's like I knew going in that I would love it. I just yeah. had never seen it for whatever reason.
1: Sure, sure.
0: I so no, I'm I'm sticking with Gemini Man and Men in Black Three. It's a good answer. I, would, I wouldn't have guessed that I would like those movies since I saw them once and didn't.
1: It's a good answer. What about you, Imagine?
2: Um, I've spoken enough about how much I loved Men in Black Three, so I choose something else um probably a tie between margot robbie and suicide squad um i don't think i'd really seen not that i can remember her performance of um harley quinn oh no i saw uh what's that movie the movie she did most recently oh birds of prey yeah birds of prey um but it was good to see her performance in suicide squad i thought she was very good and you know coupling that with seeing her i think maybe the movie before or maybe it was the round before Mm in focus it was just like man i need to i need to watch more margot robbie movies because she's really good and the final clip i'd like to share is from track 183 um my wife karen joined me for the second installment of the back in the day tournament um volume two where this time I embarked on finding the best R&B album from 2010 to 2019. Um, A lot, a lot of dope albums um, that made the tournament that had a great showing. But in the end, Beyonce's Lemonade won out. Um, And then I, I think, you know, it was very clear, you know, probably from the beginning of the tournament, but especially towards the end, exactly. Why Lemonade deserved to be crowned champion. So, in honor of Lemonade being crowned the the tournament uh, winner, joining Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly" as the two albums to win the Back in the Day tournament, um, I found a thread just earlier today. I was just scrolling, and there's this account. I want to shout them out at Black Is King. Um, they're called the number one Blackest King fan account. Um, So this is a Beehive member for sure. Um, they tweeted out why Lemonade by Beyonce is one of the most impactful albums of all time. A thread hashtag five years of Lemonade. So I want to read this thread. Lemonade isn't just seen as an album, but as a cultural artifact worthy of academic analysis. It has spawned hundreds of academic papers and has been studied in over a dozen universities worldwide, touching on topics such as black feminism and cultural identity. Two books have also been published that focus on Lemonade. The Lemonade Reader uh, by Kenitra D. Brooks and Camila L. Martin and Beyonce Information, Remixing Black Feminism by, I cannot read that, but it looks like Yumise Ike Tinsley. Tinsley, sorry if I said your name wrong. Um, These books allow you to delve deep into the themes of Lemonade. Costumes and images of Beyonce from the Lemonade era are found in museums around the world. Mm -hmm. Lemonade is credited with reviving the album as an art form in an era dominated by singles and streaming. Australian radio host Miff Warhurst said that Beyonce changed the album to a narrative with an arc and a story and you have to listen to the entire thing to get the concept. Lemonade is also credited with reviving music videos as an art form with Rolling Stone saying Beyonce is single handedly keeping the art of the music video alive. The Washington Post credits it with the trend of using music videos to explore race emulated by artists such as Childish Gambino. The Lemonade film also kicked off a trend with several artists releasing visual albums and music films to try and emulate Lemonade, such as Drake and Frank Ocean. The various use of genres on Lemonade have been credited with helping the industry move beyond genre boundaries. Lemonade is credited with helping black people reclaim country, setting the prevent for the popularization of cowboy aesthetics and the Yeehaw agenda. Rock which has helped save the genre, according to Rolling Stone, and it has helped African mysticism return to popular music. That's a good point. Yeah. Several other artists said they were inspired by Lemonade when creating their albums, such as Cardi B, Little Mix, and Snoop Dogg. Critics have written about how other artists were inspired by Lemonade for their albums, including Taylor Swift, Fiona Apple, Shania Twain, and Alicia Keys. I mean, just look at the the range of genres across all of those names. The innovative artistic qualities of Lemonade have inspired works outside of music, including television, Lovecraft Country, film, Beauty and the Beast, and theater, Hole at the Royal Court, a play by Ellie Kendrick. Additionally, Lemonade-era Beyoncé inspired the character of Catherine of Aragon in the West End and Broadway musical Six, and the character of Cleopatra in the London National Theater's 2018 production of Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra. Daughters of the Dust, a film that Beyoncé paid homage to in Lemonade, was brought back to theaters after the album was released. MTV brought back the breakthrough long-form video category at the VMAs after 25 years because of Lemonade. Yeah. Of course, the Beyoncé effect continued. People involved in the album, such as on Shire, saw an 800% increase in sales after its release, Brands such as Red Lobster and El Camino and even small details like the Lemon and B emoji saw an increase in popularity after Lemonade. The impact also extended into fashion with trends such as yellow dresses, lemon print, black berets, piped clothing, all sourced to Lemonade. And of course, the popular hairstyle Lemonade Braids was named after the album and was subsequently added to the fashion dictionary. I did not know that. The word Bama was also added to the Oxford English Dictionary, just like Bootylicious in 2016. A drug discovery tool that was invented to combat antibiotic resistance was named Slay, Surface Localized Antimicrobial Display After Formation. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt made a whole episode homage to Lemonade. In addition to Lemonade's own four Emmy noms this episode received two Emmy noms including best music and lyrics for the Hold Up parody Hell No. I didn't know that. Have you seen this? No,
1: apparently I stopped watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt too soon.
2: (laughs) We have to go back and watch that.
1: Yeah.
2: Hold Up was also paid uh, I keep saying homage but I don't know if it's homage or homage so I'm just going to keep saying homage. To, And several other shows, such as The Simpsons, BoJack Horseman, Making a Scene with James Franco, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, The Daily Show, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and Late Night with Seth Meyers. Parodies and homages of other Lemonade videos have also appeared in other shows. This includes two SNL sketches. And of course... The iconic formation look worn by legends such as Serena Williams, Michelle Obama, and Blue Ivy. It even inspired a Marvel comic cover with the illustrator saying that Beyonce is the perfect symbol of representation, feminism, and fighting for what's right. Uh, Lastly, Lemonade has had an immense impact on politics and black female identity, which deserves its own separate thread in order to do it justice. To conclude, stand Lemonade and make sure you buy the album on itunes i mean
1: yeah what else is left to say
2: legacy right yeah. there that all of it and that and that is why you know it was set in stone that this this album was going to get here and was going to win this tournament i i thought it was definitely possible that an album could have come in here you know depending on if the numbers were right and you know gave lemonade a run for its money and a couple albums did but at the end of the day, I think the right album made it here. Um, I think "Lemonade" and "To Pimp a Butterfly" for different but you know similar reasons, um, you know, won their respective tournaments. Um, both of those albums are about a year apart. Um, I, th- I think this makes sense.
1: Yeah, I feel like those are both good encapsulations of what that do- that decade felt like. Especially from
2: like the the black experience perspective. I agree. Okay. Yeah. That's a tournament. We did it. Anybody that knows me personally knows that I really enjoy talking about hip hop and R and B. Um, you know, they're two of my favorite genres. Um, I just enjoy you know contextualizing and talking about the history of it and just like talking about what we like about different songs and albums um with my friends with my family it's just it's a thing that I I really like to do and so I'm very grateful um to have this podcast as a medium for me to just talk about music whether that be talking about it with friends or family or just literally speaking into a mic um for you all that are listening um I enjoy it. I'm grateful for all of the listeners. It has been an incredible uh, 100 episodes, um, and it's been an incredible 200 episodes. Um, very excited to see where things go from here. Um, I don't know you know, what the, the content of the next 50, the next 100 episodes will look like. Um, I know that I've got some ideas, and I'm excited to see... Um, you know, how they'll be executed. So that is it um, for the 200th episode celebration. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for tuning in for the past 200 episodes. Um, You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TOTB, the podcast. The website is thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Go back and listen to, you know, one of the, the past you know, 200 episodes. There's, there's a lot that happened. Even in the first 100, there's a lot of really dope content um, that I'm still excited about. Um, and I'm excited about what's coming next. So this has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Peace.